I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. And we coming from our basement to your headphones, barely even know who we are, but changing the unknown in a wild time in the Thank you for downloading the podcast, Theanos. Now, here are your hosts, Jordan Hall and Eric Wayne. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast, Yanos. I am Jordan Hall. Eric is safely back in the good old U.S. of A., um, but now is somewhere in the backwoods of the Upper Peninsula where there's more bears than internet access. So again, I am joined by lovely guests. This week, it's from the Voice of the Turtle podcast, uh, which if you're not listening to already, you absolutely should be. Um, I'm joined by Rob Rajacki and Hookslide. Thanks, guys, for, for joining me. Uh, so you realize that your show is like typically about an hour long, and ours is like two hours long. So this this is a real uh, this is a, a, a it's an act of trust on your part, Jordan. This is bad, I appreciate this is bad it. news for him. That's what yeah. it is. Yeah, we got we got no uh, no time constraints. We can we can go all night. Although, okay. Although hopefully we won't. Um, before we get all doom and gloom, because I feel like that is inevitable. Um, why don't we rewind about twenty four hours to when we were happy. And one of the most glorious things that's ever happened was going down. Um, for those of you ha- who haven't heard, last night the White Sox were scheduled to wear these ugly they, – they were ugly, no? Yes, they the, were ugly. The throwback jerseys. Um, I haven't seen them, so I don't know. Oh, I, I assume so. They were They were, They were. were not visually appealing. We'll put were it they way. the shorts? Um, they had kind of – it was almost like they had um, a bow tie on the front, kind of. That's oh, accurate enough. Yes. Um, so let's see. And they were they were wearing those against the Tigers last night, which is Saturday. Um, apparently, Chris Sale thought that they weren't comfortable, and he determined that the PR or excuse me, the uh, front office was more concerned with PR than winning games. So allegedly, he took matters into his own hands by cutting the jerseys up, making them unwearable. Um, I don't know about you guys, but it reminded me of of when George Costanza replaced the Yankees polyester jerseys with cotton, all he's trying to do is help the team. <laughs> wow. That is, you know, this is one of the things I love about the podcast. Yanos, is the many, many Seinfeld references. So I'm always curious to know what your demographic is. And if half the people even get those references, to, they better, to be honest, I, I don't know what the demographic is that listen to us, but as far as I'm concerned, like if you don't understand a Seinfeld reference, that's kind of on you. And that might be something right. that, that you want to address. 
it's an opportunity to familiarize yourself and to enjoy something culturally wonderful. So look up that reference when George Costanza swaps out the uniforms. It's a great episode. I love it. It's kind of one of those, like, you could read a great classic book or you could watch Seinfeld. One is actually going to help you function in day-to-day society, and the other is just going to sit on your shelf. And the other is Seinfeld. Oh. Oh. <laughs> um, so which Chris Sale-related incident have you enjoyed more this year, um, this or the Drake LaRoche thing? Oh, it has to be the Drake LaRoche thing, doesn't it? Both, both are pretty. I fun. mean, yeah. I mean that that was just amazing because you know, like everything was like win one for Drake and all these different hashtags on Twitter. That that was great. I mean, you know, the memes coming out of this were nice, but uh, I think I think Drake Laroche, uh, spirit animal, the two, 2016 Chicago White Sox takes the cake. Um, I was actually texting with one of my buddies who's a massive um, White Sox fan during the game today, and after we hit the three home runs to come back, he texted me just, I love this team, LOL. And I feel like <laughs> the three home runs to come back, the two instants, like it so sums up where the White Sox are right now, and yet somehow they still took two of four from us. It crushed our spirits. I, I don't know, Jordan, because Rob wants to go with the Drake LaRoche incident, and I kind of feel like Chris Sale got involved in that, but only incidentally. It was like after the fact that he decided to, yeah. you know, ride. You know, he hitched his his uh, wagon to that star, and made it a little bit about him. But this was all Chris Sale. This was purely him taking the initiative to say, "I will not wear these uniforms," and then to go and actually cut them up and like <laughs> violate team property is. It's awesome. I got to tell you, I, I think I, I'll take that over Drake LaRoche, but I will almost take the binoculars incident from last year over both. <laughs> uh, all, all I know is it's a strong stand to take by a guy who would be blown over by a stiff wind. Uh, <laughs> so that brings us to this week's leadoff question. Who is the most hateable member of the White Sox organization ever? Um, Rob, you can, you can lead us off. Are we talking players or broadcasters? All of the above. Um, well, I feel like saying hawk is some low-hanging low hanging fruit and he's almost kind of entertaining when they lose so i'm gonna have to go with adam eaton okay i just don't i just don't like his face <laughs> fair i mean fair he also hits well against us but i really don't like his face all right that works Hook. wow that's that's a really good question um did uh oh crud i always get this screwed up did aj Pruszynski play for the white Sox? yeah i believe i believe he was on the I team think that he won it all did. Yeah. also yeah. don't like his face yeah that's right. He's a very punchable face too. I would maybe go with him uh, again, just because Hawk is such an easy answer. I, I, yeah, Hawk is entertaining, but I can't stand him. I actively want him to suffer, so Hawk is probably the default. Yeah, pretty much every White Sox fan I know actively hate Hawk, which is which is really something. Um, I I went with Mark Burley. Um, I know he he was a grinder. He's the type of pitcher that I actually I actually enjoy watching. But there was a story um, when he was traded to the Marlins. He actually lived outside the city limits of Miami with his dog because it wasn't allowed. I think it was a pit bull or some other fearsome type of dog. So he wasn't living with his family. He was living with his dog in a different house um, because, which I mean. You know, I'm not. I'm not judging the dude's life cho- life choices, but um, why didn't why didn't his family live out there with him? That also that is, sounds weird. Is a very interesting question. Um, maybe, See, maybe... I don't. I don't mind Mark. I don't mind Mark Burley because he always worked so fast. I mean, you get those games like there was a game between like him and Doug Fister, and I think the game was over in like two hours. That's that's a very good point. And to be fair, we actually had a decent amount of success against him. But there's a, there's a lot of hateable White Sox. That's for sure. I'm just curious what Google has to say about this. Let me just type in most 
hated white. Whoa, you weren't going to stop right there. Okay, <laughs> never mind. Go on. Did, did, did Trump come up? <laughs> <laughs> Just don't Google most hated white because it's a it's, that's a scary list. Um, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can at podcastianos.com. On the Twitter, I am at Jordan Hall 23 What are you guys' Twitter handles? Uh, I'm at Hookslide23. I'm at BYB Rob. Rob, want to congratulate you on the new gig. Um, sounds like big things are, are popping, as T.I. would say, so congratulations there. Big things are popping. All of like 200 people read that first story. It was pretty sweet. Um, why don't you tell the people where you are at, just in case anyone is, is unaware? I am at, uh, well, bless you boys, most people know about that uh, if you're listening to the show. I'm also at Beyond the Box Score now, writing about some non-Tiger stuff, which is a lot harder than I thought. Yeah, I would imagine so, being able to, to something that you're not following every day. How is that? Have you, is it just the one story so far? The just the one, one, just the one story so far. I'm supposed to write about something for tomorrow, and I don't have any ideas yet, oh, so we'll okay. figure that out. Right. Okay, don't don't let him fool you. I mean, I I sat alongside this guy for how many years writing at Bless You Boys and watched him put together team preview after team preview, and I always said, Rob, how in the hell do you know so much about these opposing hitters, pitchers? He's up on this stuff. He's being modest. Fair enough. Um, I may, might I suggest Chris Sale? I mean, there's a story right there for you. There we go. <laughs> um, and if you want to follow Eric, he is at Comeric Eric. The show is at Podcastianos. We would love it if you take the time to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. I don't have to say subscribe because Eric isn't here. Um, and if you listen to the show and like it, I think we should all try something. Think of one other person who likes the Detroit Tigers and tell them about the show and how they could listen. Um, it could be an early Christmas present, a late birthday present, whatever. I'm Blaine Hardy, and you're listening to the podcast, Giannis. So, no point in beating around the bush, guys. Today, pretty well sucked. Um, game one uh, came and took away that good feeling we had after two straight wins and the optimism that things were moving in the right direction. Um, and game two is pretty much just a straight shot in the nuts. Are you guys back upright yet? Yeah, I guess. I mean, uh, it, it's yeah. two games, right? It, it still only counts as two games, but to have them both fall on the same day really kind of sucks the wind out of you. And going into the series, we expected it to be kind of like this anyways. I mean, you uh, you know, up until 24 hours ago, we thought Chris Sale was going to be starting the one game and Jose Quintana was starting the other against Anibal Sanchez, no less. And so I kind of had this penciled in as a two-and-two two series. Yeah, and, and the thing is that when with Cleveland having lost a couple others, it just it felt like going into today that we really had a chance to to make some make some ground up. Um, I'll recap. Anibal posted another terrible start for those who didn't watch it. Um, we came back with four solo homers, including three in the bottom of the ninth to tie it. And, of course, instead of using one of our normally dependable guys, we run out Brucey, um, who promptly gives it away. Obviously, I'm, I'm assuming you guys were not in favor of bringing Rondone in the situation when Shane Green is just twiddling his thumbs out there. A am I correct there? No, we, oh, we just sure. talked about this on the last podcast that we, that we did about the fact that Brad Osmus uh, is one of like four managers in the American League right now who refuses to use his closer in a tie game on the road and how absolutely stupid that is. And it bites him in the butt every single time. And it did again today. Yeah, I don't even mind not using K-Rod, but... I would have gone to Alex Wilson first. I would have gone to even even Justin Wilson. Bring him back. I mean, I've not. Well, that's. 
don't know if you caught the the post game uh, explanation that he gave, but he he ran down the list and said, you know, well, I just used Justin Wilson, so he wasn't available, and Shane Green pitched yesterday, so he wasn't available. And I kid you not, he said, and I'm not going to go to K Rod in a tie game on the road, <laughs> so it's down to Rondon. I'm like, really? Yeah, I mean, if those are your two choices. You absolutely go to K Rod. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I'm I Shane Green can go two nights in a row. That's that's ridiculous. Um, like we said, um it just just absolutely soul crushing. I, I actually didn't stick around for the pulse game interview. That was one of those games where you just that you know, as soon as that happened, I was just on to something else. Just I think it's better for my health that I'm not living in Michigan, like living in DC, because I don't get to see the post game interviews. I don't get to see all the stuff that he says, and so I'm like kind of shielded from it. I, you know, I get the occasional quote and whatnot, but not having to see that I think is a lot better for my health. Uh, and I'm I'm just gonna stick with it that way. Yeah, but you miss Johnny Kane that way. <laughs> True. That hair is fantastic. Yeah. What, the... what was the what was the thing he did like earlier this week? He was with like the cheerleaders or whatever, and they were getting on yes. him about that. Yes. All of a sudden, because... he's like a fashion icon. Like the suits are looking better. He's got the beard going. Johnny's got kind of got it going on right now. He must have got a raise or something. <laughs> wow. Simo starting to finally rub off on him. Um, so where are you guys at optimism wise with with the Tigers? I guess I'm a little bit more optimistic than most right now. Okay. Uh, I mean, you have a lot of people saying sell, sell, sell and whatnot. I still think there's, you know, they're in a pretty good spot. They're only what, like four or five games out of the wild card right now. They're four no, right not even now. Four right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're playing a couple of those teams this week in Boston and Houston. Uh, the the pitching matchups set up well for them in Boston. They don't have to face David Price or Rick Porcello. Uh, and then coming back home to face Houston, you know, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. They're not going to have uh, Michael Fulmer in that series, but otherwise they might be able to pull something out, especially if you get someone like Daniel Norris back for that series. Uh, I don't know what Houston's playing like on the road. I know they've been doing really well overall, but if the Tigers can steal a couple away at home there, and I think they'd be in good shape. Yeah, and we don't have to face um, – we, we face Keuchel, but the the rest of the rotation, um, we face Fires and, and Colin McHugh, who are both well, very- and Keuchel's ERA is above like five right now, isn't it? Yeah, but he's. It seems like he's been hot recently. Like he, the lot, a lot of the damage. Obviously, not the first start against us because that was a bloodbath. But a lot of the damage done against him was was early on. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I want to feel optimistic about it, but I, I'm still everything's on hold until the deadline because I feel like if they stand pat with the team they have right now, then I'm not optimistic at all. It's like they're they're still after how many months treading water and at some point you have to stop treading water and actually make up some of the ground that that you're behind right they're behind the eight ball six games out of first four games out of the wild card uh, they have to be able to snag these easy wins like yesterday should have been an easy win going to a bullpen game and not having to deal with chris sale that that's a gimme and you got to take it so i feel like yeah they could still maybe go on a run but they have to they have to go on a run of wins uh, and make up some ground or it's it's not going to work out and to yeah, be f- and okay, go ahead, Rob. I saw this on Twitter after the game that, like, you know, I mean, the Tigers have four roster spots tied up right now, and Mike Avilas, Anibal Sanchez, Mark Lowe, and Mike Pelfrey. And it's like, what can you do with that? I mean, yeah, Pelfrey's been pitching a little bit better lately, other than that start against the Royals. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other three have largely been useless for the most part. Yeah, um, I tweeted immediately after the game in in the heat of the moment. I actually I don't like to tweet immediately after things. I usually like to take ten or fifteen and think about things before I say something. But I tweeted that July twenty fourth. Um, I don't something effective. That was the day that I stopped being optimistic about the Tiger season. Twenty minutes later, I'm thinking, all right, let's let's cool the Jets. The thing is, is like you know, six games behind Cleveland, they're not playing real well. Four games out of the wild card, like those are not 
unovercomable. I'm I'm sure that's not actually a word, but like those are you know Cleveland. They are starting to finally show cracks. Boston, they there isn't a, a ton in that staff. Obviously, they'll probably maybe go go get another arm. It's hard to tell. Houston, they're doable. Um, you know, we should be dead and buried by now, in my opinion. Like like you said, the run hasn't come, um, but the, the chances are are there. There, it's a non-zero chance that we have a run. Um, obviously, not last year, but the the previous couple of years, it seemed like about this time was when we really started to kick it into gear um, and went on a big a big August before kind of cooling our jets in September and getting bounced from the playoffs. Hopefully, hopefully we have another one of those in us. But they have to settle that issue of the pitching and and the you know the way that Osmus manages the bullpen is a strike against them as we saw today we've seen it in the past week uh, and just the fact that Osmus continues to do things like give the ball to Anibal Sanchez when he shouldn't be doing that I mean you've got Verlander going tomorrow right go ahead and throw a bullpen game today the Sox just did it and they won you know have a little bit of creativity and so as long as those issues are out there it's it's going to be tough to get over the hump and go on that run. I mean, I don't necessarily mind starting Anibal today. Obviously, I would have liked to see someone like Daniel Norris instead. But, I mean, I think you need to pull him maybe a little bit sooner. Uh, And it it kind of went backwards with his usual tendencies today that he, you know, gave up a lot of runs early. Uh, I didn't see the early part of the game, but he gave up the three-run bomb to Eaton and then kind of settled in after that, even if it wasn't, you know, necessarily pretty uh, with the way he got through the six innings. Um, But the the real trouble for me is just how – you know how he's doing stuff in late games uh, with the bullpen. He's relying on Bruce Rondon so much, and you almost kind of got to start working some of these, you know, better arms, Shane Green, Justin Wilson, a little bit harder than you have been, because uh, you don't necessarily have a lot of time left to make up that ground. Right. Yeah, I think he's worried about burning them out. But if he doesn't, you start using them more. It doesn't matter what they're doing in September. We can <laughs> we can rest them all they want. So you're saying that he's basically managing at a macro level the way he manages at a micro level when he like manages for imaginary innings that never come to fruition. I yeah, I think you could you could make that case. Uh, that's scary. <laughs> yeah, and the thing like last year, I feel like I gave him a pass because there wasn't a bullpen to speak of, and it didn't matter what button he pushed, it probably was going to be wrong just because everyone out there was terrible. But this year he has so many good pieces, which makes it look even worse when he pushes the wrong button all the time. I'm to the point where, like, I I don't think we should fire him because I don't think we're going to bring in anyone better at this point. But I'm done defending him. Do you think they should extend or not extend, but renew the contract? No, 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 no. I I, let him see this year out and then and then go get yourself. I I mean, I don't know who the options are going to be, so it's hard to hard to say. But I can't imagine bringing someone in this year to make an impact. Yeah, I was just clarifying because you said don't fire him. And I wanted to make sure you meant as in don't cut him off midseason versus no, keep him on beyond the season. Right, right. Yep. Um, like we said, the, the pitching has been an issue, but there is some hope on the horizon. Um, big news happening down on the farm this weekend. Last night, Daniel Norris, in his first rehab start, went four and two-thirds, um, gave up five earned. Uh, do you think he's going to get another rehab start before he comes back, or is he going to be in, uh, pitching in that Houston series? Well, that was his second one, not his first yeah. one. Oh, he, had a, he had a good one earlier this week that's, where that's he, right. yeah, of course. he gave up like one run in four innings or something like that. It was actually a pretty good start. But did you just say he gave up five runs in four innings? Uh, looks like I have five earned in four and two thirds. Yeah, he got shelled a little bit last night, but Ooh. whatever. As long as he's healthy, I don't care. And there's so much <laughs> more upside with starting him over Anibal. I mean, it's just not even even close. 
A bad a, a bad Nora start is very similar to a bad Annabelle start. A good Nora start is worlds apart from a good Annabelle start. You know what I mean? Yeah, Zimmerman just threw four scoreless innings for the Mud Hens today. Uh, I would assume he'll probably get another one before he comes back too. Yeah, I mean, I have to guess so. He only threw. I'm looking now. I can't find how many pitches he threw, but four innings. He couldn't have faced. He couldn't have been throwing that many pitches. No, I wouldn't. You know, as far as Norris goes, uh, I want to say Osmus did say either yesterday or today. He did say that uh, Daniel Norris is not going to get another rehab start. So then the plan is to bring him back. All right, good, good plan, Brad. Uh, are you booting Anibal or Matt Boyd for him? Oh, Anibal for sure has to be right. That's, yeah, yeah that's, that's easy. He goes back to the bullpen, I think. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Uh, when it, when when Zimmerman comes back, uh, I I know I know that you guys aren't aren't big Pell fans, but he he sticks over Boyd, right? Sadly, <laughs> yes. All right. So <laughs> you shouldn't, but you will. All right. I promised you guys um, a a flaw. I, I I think that I've detected a flaw in in Mike Pelfrey's delivery. I'm gonna at you know Tigers after this um and then and i'll have him i'll have them pass it along to him okay. is the flaw that he's still pitching no <laughs> no it's it's in his motion from the windup okay so uh i'll try and try and run through this um in his motion uh from the windup he goes immediately over his head with his hands um before turning and driving to the plate which is like a, a timing mechanism but recently on pitches that would be on his glove side which should be in on lefties and away on righties when he misses, it seems to me that he's frequently taking too long to get the ball over his head, which causes him to open his front shoulder late um, in his driving to the plate, which causes him to to choke the ball. Like essentially, he's holding on for holding on to it too long, specifically with um, the the sinker and the splitter things that are you know fastbally. Um, and from the stretch, he's much quieter as, as everyone is. Um, there's less room for timing errors like that. So when you guys watch his next start, when, when he's missing, and it almost has like a funky corkscrew action when he's missing um, away to righties. And it just, to me, it looks like his, his front shoulder is, is opening up far too late. Have you guys noticed anything in the, in the ballpark of that? I mean, I haven't tried to pay that close attention to Mike Pelfrey's starts recently, so not particularly. I, I enjoy a little Pelf, so I, I was I was watching him very closely his last start out. In case you're no, wondering, I, I, I don't. I did. I did at one point in time, Jordan. You know that I was. Mm-hmm. You know, I was the other guy on the Pelf train. But you, you uh, wanted to believe. I'm. I'm still there. I still. He believe. hurt me. He hurt me bad <laughs> and personally after I went to bat for him month after month, and he just he, he yeah, we're not speaking anymore. So <laughs> I'm not going to defend him now. You don't. You don't tweet at Big Pelf Train all that frequently anymore. <laughs> Is there an at Big Pelf Train? Because if there is, I need to follow it. <laughs> there should be. I, he's one of those things like um, he's not quite anything enough to have like a parody account. So no, right? <laughs> um, he's not funny enough. He's not good enough. He's not quite bad enough. He's just all he does. All he does is like talk bad about himself. So it'd almost be kind of sad to have a parody account. <laughs> it's true. If you ever watch Pelf, <laughs> yes, those post game interviews with him are just so depressing every single time. Every time. He could have the team could have won the game. It doesn't matter. He will be like just downfallen and just yeah, I didn't have good stuff today and I really got to do better and it's like it's it's a total Charlie Brown thing going on there. Does does that ingratiate you to him? Like does that make no. up for it a little bit how bad no. he's been? No. Okay. No. I wanted to pick it up and say I I will fix this. 
I, I feel like it'd be very disingenuous to say that he will fix this because he's at what 17 starts now. Um, but I don't know. There, there, there is more to come from Big Palf. I've said that a hundred times. I'll say it 200 more. Um, <laughs> speaking of more to come, we we found out this week that Michael Fulmer. Uh, turns out he is in fact human. Um, first time in recent memory that we've seen him really have to grind. Uh, did you like what you saw? Obviously not in the results, but in what he came back with. Yeah, I did for the most part. I only saw part of the game. Okay. Um, and yeah, his his I don't know if it was like his mechanics were off or just his command or what was going on there. He definitely didn't look like his usual self. Um, but seeing him kind of get through that game, I mean, obviously it shows that you know even when you have you know iffy command, having great stuff is a is a big plus for being able to get through a lineup like that. Uh, but I was I was impressed with how he was able to, you know, still kind of keep the team in the game. He was relatively efficient, too. I don't necessarily know if he was, like, intentionally pitching to more contact, but a lot of his hits early on, especially, like, in the first inning, were just kind of the seeing-eye ground ball types. Yeah. Um, I, I have in my notes that they hit 333 against his four-seamer and 400 against the slider. Um, but he was able to use the other pitches. You know, they they beat to death the, the change-up narrative, but he... Like he really used that as his um, as his go to to help get him out of some of those jams. Um, yeah, it's he he definitely changed up you know changed <laughs> up his change with his changeup. Uh, he changed his pitch selection a little bit as the game went on, and it was definitely the part that I enjoyed the most is is when he would that I think there was one inning when he got into some serious trouble, maybe runners at second and third or first and third or whatever it was, and he, just to see there was kind of a I don't know you could see it on his face he 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 got into it. He bit down on that bullet. And I think he struck out one or two guys at that point to get himself out of that inning. And it really felt like, Ooh, okay. He's like, he can do this. He can adjust. He can adapt. He's not going to spiral out of control. It was a very, very different outing and response to trouble than I saw when he pitched against Cleveland way, way back, you know, beginning of the year. Yeah. And I don't know if it's like just that he's ours and we haven't developed a great starting pitcher since Verlander, but it feels like we're kind of being privileged to this like special process. You know what I mean? That like this guy is inevitably, you know, and I don't want to, I don't want to jinx him, but he's, he's going to be very, very good. And we're getting to see kind of the foundations of, of that of blossoming in front of us. Um, and I, I'm really appreciative of being, you know, so mindful of watching him. It's amazing that we get to watch an actual Dothraki warrior pitch. I mean, it's you guys don't watch Game of Thrones, do you? No, <laughs> I've seen part of it. I got that. Every, okay. Everybody who does just got that. But I think he looks like uh, I think he looks like uh, what's his name, Khal Drogo. Oh, okay, so. a little bit. All right, let's move over. I was going to talk about the giant mess in right field, um, but we don't have time for that. Guess how many extra base hits Mike Avilas has this year, just just for some fun. Four. Well, he has the one homer, so I would guess three. He has five. Uh, that's, that's hashtag not good. Okay, so <laughs> let's move on um, to the trade deadline. It is, what, a week from tomorrow, I believe. If my, yeah. Okay. Um, we got buy, sell, hold. Uh, which hashtag team are you guys on? I'm definitely a hashtag team buy. Okay. Uh, I've I've kind of been saying this all along that I almost want them to just kind of empty the tank in the farm system, go after you know one of the bigger names on the market like a Jake Order Easy type. Uh, obviously, there's no real ace out there, but you know with the premium you're paying right now, you're pretty much going to have to kind of give up 
pretty much whatever Tampa Bay wants to get a guy like that. Uh, but I think that having him under control for a few years would be helpful. Uh, you're already kind of locked into this roster for the next couple years. And then beyond that, there's still not a lot of wiggle room. And so it's almost just kind of one of those things that, you know, you shoot for the shoot for the championship right now. Flags fly forever and then see what happens after that. Yeah, Rob, Rob, I meant to ask you this on our last show, but, but um, I was just on Ryan Schuling's radio show on Friday, uh, the Schuling Report here in Grand Rapids, and he asked me a question that I was kind of took me aback, and I wondered what your answer was because your team by. He said to me, he said, name one or two, maybe three players off the top of your head, uh, prospects that are untouchable in your mind. When you say team by and you say gut the farm system, there have got to be a couple that you would want to hold on to, right? Yeah, Michael Fulmer. <laughs> well, I wouldn't call him a prospect, but is there anybody like at the prospect level that you, you, you'd let them all go? Yeah, no, anyone. I don't care. Norris, Boyd. Uh, yeah, I mean, it Jimenez. depends on the return. It depends on the return, obviously, who you're getting back. I wouldn't trade Daniel Norris for a rental or anything like that, but no, anyone else I'd trade. I'm definitely not that far on team by. I'm, <laughs> I'm on team wait and see what happens this week. Yeah, and I, I actually I really agree with you, Rob. I, I just it's not so much the our our predicament. I just don't think there's anybody in our farm system that's like that we can't move. Um, you know, Stewart obviously has a lot of potential. Jimenez is is very good, um, but they're 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 not top 100 guys. I mean, we think they're very good because they're ours, and and they are very talented players, obviously. But I mean, there's nobody there's nobody can't miss in that in our system at this point. Um, so. You know, if that's what it takes to get Odorizzi, then then by by all means, um, I, I like Odorizzi a lot more than Smiley. I feel like for whatever reason, this fan base has a has a, you know, they like to bring back. You know, we want to bring back Fister, we want to bring back Leland, we want to bring back Smiley. I'm not all in that. He, Smiley actually has a worse ERA than than Big Pelf, um, but Odorizzi would look nice in our rotation. There's no denying that. You really wouldn't want to bring back Drew Smiley. I mean, I think he's got some really, really good stuff. I, I was never a smiley guy. The thing is, is like, I I don't look at his stuff and think that it should match the numbers that he was putting up. I look at his stuff and I think eh, this these these numbers are are more correct. You know, the fastball it doesn't have a whole lot of zip. It doesn't to me have a whole lot of movement. The curveball can get loopy. Um, I w- might even go as far as say lazy at times like he, mm-hmm. he's a very good pitcher and i liked him a lot more when he was was thrown out of the bullpen and his stuff was playing up a little bit more but, but that's just me yeah i mean it's i guess we we got to watch him out of the bullpen in like 2013 and he only pitched part of 2014 as a starter before we traded him so I, I don't really have like a whole lot of you know data to go on with detroit to say but i know in 2014 i was kind of excited to see him develop you know before i knew he was not going to be on the team anymore <laughs> yeah and it was nice to see him like kind of as that back end piece you know he was our fourth right. starter our fifth starter when he was here because we had all these aces flying around and now you bring him in and he's like what you're like maybe third starter depending on what happens with fulmer down the stretch or depending yeah. on how long it takes jordan zimmerman to get back uh you're relying on him to be a lot bigger piece of this puzzle if you're trading for him right now uh, and i not quite sold on it especially with the way he's been pitching this year yeah, would you empty out the, uh, the the system to get Rich Hill? Obviously, injuries right now, but he'll be he'll be back to help down the stretch. No, because he's been injured. Um, you know, he hasn't thrown a hundred innings in a season since like two thousand nine or something ridiculous like that. Uh, and so I think that he's just kind of going to continue to break down down the stretch. Yeah. And he'd be a rental, wouldn't he? Is he a free agent next year? I 
think so. I think it was just yeah. a one-year deal that he signed. Yeah, forget well, that. and like there was that whole thing with the A's apparently asking for Anderson Espinosa, the prospect that the Red Sox traded to the Padres, uh, and that's just like such a massive overpay for a guy that's going to be around for two months if he can even stay healthy. Yeah, and it's been interesting that the market hasn't developed. Uh, last week I talked with Vito about how um, was Espinosa for Pomeranz, was that setting the market or was that Dombrowski – overpaying and we really haven't seen any deals since then to know um exactly what the market is like obviously there's the the gleber torres for for uh Araldis chapman thing that's it's a little harder to equate you know reliever for a starter but if we have to give up somebody like anderson espinoza we're probably not going to be able to get much in the way of anything no i mean our anderson espinoza is basically daniel norris and so do you really want to give him up for rich hill I, I I personally wouldn't, and honestly, I don't think he even carries the value that Espinosa does at this point. I think no. there, there's some some uh, tarnish on that on that sh- shine star, whatever <laughs> whatever the phrase would be. Yeah, I mean, if you want to call it prospect fatigue or whatever, he's been around for a few years, and so I think some analysts almost just kind of, you know, think he's old news as what you know compared to Espinosa, who's kind of this new shiny toy for them. Um, but you know, Daniel Norris is still what, 21, 22, and he's already in the major leagues and Espinosa's only an A ball. I mean, 18 and very promising, but still only an A ball. Yeah. I, I, you know, like I said, you, I, I agreed with you that I'd empty it out. I really don't want to move Norris. We, we kind of forget that he came off a pretty turbulent off season. Like off seasons at, at this point in young guys career, like him are so important to get yourself ready to go for the next year to improve on this stuff. You know, he had cancer. He had, what was it, a hip injury that he dealt with uh, down the stretch last year? I don't remember exactly, but he didn't have that full offseason to, to really recover and to, to build. And I think, you know, maybe maybe this year is, is kind of a lost year for him, but I don't think there's any reason to write him off yet. I mean, I don't even know if I would call it an, a lost year for him yet. Uh, all the injuries that he's had have in a way kind of artificially limited his in his innings and so you know you can get a relatively fresh Norris down the stretch if he can stay healthy and pitch well uh, and if he pitches well that's almost kind of like a, a deadline acquisition in itself yeah absolutely and and just like uh you know JD I feel like they've they've built uh, you know beat that narrative to death also that he will be like uh another trade line acquisition um so I feel like the the big narrative out of Osmus and Avila is that they're at the moment they're talking about standing pat. Um, what to you is there a point of that to you guys? Um, it seems like to me if we're not winning the division, we need to be selling. I guess K Rod he'd probably be the biggest piece. Um, and if we're not buying, I don't think we're going to win the division. So it seems like we have to do something one way or the other, based on how big of a seller's market it is right now. Everything seems constructed around this two-year plan, right? All those contracts that they picked up over the, this past off-season that were for two years. K-Rods was that way. Uh, well, they just ex- extended J.D. Martinez, but only for two years. Yeah, I think Maven was only for two years. There's, there's a bunch of these. Pelfrey is a two-year Upton guy. Upton has the two-year. Upton's got the two-year opt-out. So I think there's, there's a, like an internal, interior internal plan in place uh, that, that's kind of built around this you know, up till 2018. So I don't think they want to you know tinker with the system too much that's why i think you're hearing well we'll stand pat but i mean to your point if they stand pat they're not going to win the division unless they do something like move up a joe jimenez and make some changes you know give themselves a fresh bullpen armor or whatever it might be um and by the way that's the one guy you have to hold on to do not get rid of joe jimenez 
that's I can't believe you guys are like willing to just throw him out. Well, the thing is, I, I don't know. I don't want to speak for you, Rob, but I feel like the 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 value on fireballing, even not fireballing, just any reliever is is so um, relatively small. Um, I mean, other than Chapman, there really aren't any elite closers who have stayed really, really good for like a long period of time. Um, like even if he develops into the best reliever in baseball and we get three-ish years out of that, I would almost rather take a chance on, you know, Odorizzi in our rotation to try and make a run at a title this year and next year over that. Yeah, it think- all, it all kind of depends on just on how you know someone like Jimenez is going to be valued in the trade market uh like we said he's not really a top 100 guy uh maybe after this season he kind of ends up like on the fringes of that uh but I still think that's being a little optimistic uh and I think that he would have to be kind of included in a in a package I'm not necessarily saying you need to like make him the first guy you trade right yeah definitely if he's included in a package for a good starter uh I'd be okay with that as far as his team standing pat uh you know if these prices that we're hearing if these asking prices are legitimate like they're asking for Anderson Espinosa for Riz Chill then I don't necessarily mind standing pat you know overpaying for a guy just to overpay for a guy isn't necessarily the best business plan we kind of saw that with Joaquin Soria a couple years ago and yeah he kind of boosted the bullpen a little bit and he wasn't necessarily used that well but he also didn't pitch particularly well especially for what we paid for him so uh, we haven't talked on uh, about a bat at all. I'm assuming you guys are all pitching when it comes to buying. Yeah, when we saw what happened today, right? They can come back and hit three home runs in the ninth and tie it, and that that wasn't the problem. It was that they didn't have a bullpen piece or or a manager that knew how to use his bullpen pieces. They didn't have a starter to start today to you know keep them in the game to begin with. Uh, I don't think the the bat's the issue. I mean, if you're going to go after a bat, the one guy I would look at is Jonathan Lucroy, but I don't think the Tigers would do that because they seem wedded to McCann as their starting catcher for years to come. Yeah, and and not that there isn't a difference between Lucroy and Saltilmachia, but uh, I don't know. I, I don't see that big of a jump from from those two. But they, like, I mean, I think I think they were saying that four of the last six games have been caught by Salty. I think that's that's just a necessity at this point. It really kind of is. Um, okay, so prediction um from each of you do you think we'll make a move and if so for who can just be general honestly at this point i think they stand pat okay they've been saying it for weeks now uh i don't i don't know that avila is as you know kind of slight a hand as dombrowski was seems like he's a little bit more forward with the media based on what you know some of the things he had said last offseason and i just don't know if they're gonna end up paying up some of these prices no, that's it's a good point. He's he's been very upfront, you know, all along. I, I don't know if Dave Dombrowski ever would have said what he said concerning the Upton signing and said, "Yeah, I was kind of surprised that we got that money too." Um, as far as what they do, um, I, Avila is like so protective of the farm system. I can't see him parting with anything other than you know fringe prospects. I guess at this point, uh, so if they feel like they're in a position to compete, then maybe they pick up some ancillary pieces you know but it's that's probably not going to happen um if they get if they tank this week you know and get swept by the red sox and the astros then maybe maybe they start selling but otherwise yeah stan pat seems seems right but again i am on team wait and see i i will tell you again in a week (laughs) um i i agree with 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 both of you guys i i think at the moment they're going to stand stand still um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they went and got Smiley. Something about that feels like something we would do. Um, 
So that's that's that. Um, so one <laughs> one more uh, little little bit before we get to power rankings. Um, I saw I was searching for for Ken Rosenthal just to you know see what on Twitter just to see what the latest scuttlebutt was. You have and, to look hard. He's kind of short. <laughs> oh well, well <laughs> done. Um, and the first thing that I come to is I forget it was like just a, a ridiculous trade. You know, says confirmed, and then I look and Rosenthal is spelled with like you know, two S's and two L's <laughs> like who makes account an account like that? Like to tweet out fake rumors. Um, like you, all I, you're I doing would. is tricking people. Like, I, I don't get like, what's, what's the upside for anybody? To take I would totally to do, do it. I would, would totally do it. Yep. Oh, okay. I, I, I have just enough of a nasty streak that I, and I love chaos. I've never done it. I'm not going to, I'm not saying that I've never done it. It's, it's too much effort for me at this point, but if I had the time to, to spare, you know, and whatever was bored, I would totally create an account just to see, can I get 10,000 followers? Can I fool enough people? And then can I just wreak havoc? I mean, the one guy, what was it? Not last year, the year before. Yeah, it was 2014. There was a, a fake Ken Rosenthal account that actually made it onto the MLB network. They were like quoting tweets and stuff, and they popped one of his up and said, "Well, according to Ken Rosenthal, so and so and so and so is done deal or whatever." And like they had to, you know, eat crow later. I would totally shoot for that and see if I could pull it off. You're such such a deviant. <laughs> I am. I really am. See the one the one that I like is uh. Have you guys followed Bot Stove at all? No. Oh, it's great. It's like this, like, I don't know if it's an actual bot or if it's just someone who pretends that they're a bot making up like fake trade rumors. And it's awesome. How how it's bad like, does it was how like, bad does your life have to suck that you're pretending to be a bot? One, one of the one of them was like tigers, angels in a deal searching for real love or something like that. Just ridiculous stuff. <laughs> imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. All right, Hook, you have the power rankings for us this week. Um, yes. I tried it last week. It was kind of a bloodbath. Um, so Ooh. why don't you give us the options we have uh, for this week? Okay, so, yeah, with Eric gone, um, he, he actually did give me a little uh, locked box with a label on it that says Models of Minivan. Okay. So if you want Models of Minivan, that's, that's here. That's so an option. you're currently in possession of the box. Good to know. Yep, I, I have that. I don't know why he gave that to me, but uh, he knows how attached I am to that whole concept. So uh, the other one that I have is Outcomes of a Plate Appearance. Oh, okay. Um, that's a good one. But I think that this is the week we should finally go uh, models of minivans. It's, it's yes. a special day. Special day. Yes. Okay. Um, you know what? He didn't give me the key. Oh, crap. I can't get into the box. 
It's yeah. Sorry, I can't do it. Apologies, it's, guys. Apologies. It's going to have to be outcomes of a plate appearance. So, all right. All we will follow the Eric Wayne model, of course, with the top seven and the bottom three, and you guys know the drill by now. So these are the outcomes of an at-bat that, that are ranked uh, by me in order of preference. Number seven would be the ground out. It's that low on the list because it's an out. That's a bad thing. But at least with a ground out, you know, there, there's some positivity to it. You might be able to move a, a runner you know, along the base paths. So that's why that's at number seven. Number six is the fly out. It's still an out. You still have the chance of maybe moving a runner along. But as far as hits go, at least you got the ball in the air. And I feel like there's something, I don't know, macho about that. You at least put the ball, you know, you, you, you put it in flight. You didn't you know, burn a worm, a worm burner, you know, as they call it. So that's, that's number six is the fly out. I, I have a question before you move on. Does that include the long fly out? The um, or am uh, I, I, did I jump the gun here? Fly out as opposed to a pop out, definitely. All right, all right. Yeah, so it's, gotcha. it's got to be up in the air for a little bit. It's got to so be even like a, a warning track fly out counts. Absolutely. In fact, if all the better. If it got that far, then yes. Yeah, raises yes. your pulse a little. Exactly. So that's number six. Number five is your garden variety single <laughs> because it's a hit. You got on base. Good job. You probably did it with a line drive. Maybe it was a ground ball, but either way. Good on you, man. You got on base. That's way to up your on base percentage. That's what you want. So five is the single. Number four, believe it or not, is the walk. Why is the walk ahead of the single, right? Because I feel like this gets you on base the same as a single. It's good for your on base percentage. But if you drew a walk, there was something of artistry there. There was something of discrimination. You you took pitches, probably some close pitches. Or maybe you just closed your eyes and, you know, you prayed that you'd draw the walk. But either way, good for you. You got on. It took patience. That's number four is the walk. Yeah, you essentially beat the pitcher. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Pray, exactly. Closing my eyes and praying was my approach in high school. That's how I got most of my base hits, actually. Just close your eyes and swing. Number three is the double. Because, come on, that's a lot of fun. It'd be higher on my list, but... It's not a home run, you know. You feel like you hit the ball that far only to have it bang off the wall. But you got two bases out of it, and two bases is better than one, so it's higher than a single. Number three is the double, for sure. Number two on the list, you want to have a guess at it, Jordan? I'm going to go with the home run. You got it. Nice. I'm surprised. I thought you would have picked that for number one. But it's not number one. And I'll tell you why. Home runs are awesome. Don't get me wrong. Chicks dig the long ball. It's, it's majestic. It's wonderful to see those big bombs, especially when someone like Miggy is doing it or, you know, Salta La Macchia to tie the game like we saw today. It's, it's awesome. Home runs are, are just – they're great for your slugging percentage. Runs are scoring. But it's only number two on the list because here's number one, the triple. Mm. The triple is more exciting than the home run. Because they're so rare. It's like the unicorn in baseball. You never see it. I feel like with a triple, yeah, you could say you got one less base, you know, for your slugging percentage. But let's face it. If there were any runners on base, you got the same number of RBIs. You still cleared the bases. Plus, you had to run like the wind to get there. Triples are a lot of fun to watch. So number one is the triple. Yeah. Remember that time Prince Fielder had that triple in the All-Star game? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's a great reason right there why triples he wasn't, should be. He wasn't necessarily one. running like wind, but he was running. <laughs> he was. I thought the world was going to like come off its axis when that happened. He was running like something, like a wounded stag. 
So if you disagree with any of those seven, um, please send me your thoughts on Twitter. I'm at hookslide23. All right, so let's get to the bottom three. Okay. Third from the worst is the bunt. Don't bunt. Bunts are stupid. We have math. We have science now that tells us that, according to the run expectancy charts, bunts always lower your run expectancy. They just always do. It's a bad idea. It's lazy. The only reason you're probably doing it is either because well, aside from the fact that your manager is stupid, is because you can't hit to begin with. Stop sucking. Learn how to hit. Don't bunt. Boom. That's number That's number three from the bottom. Number two from the bottom, the double play. Ugh. 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 Just don't even. I get irrationally angry every time this happens. It's a, it's a twin killing. You get two outs for the price of one. You just screwed up your teammate's single or walk right i mean he works so hard to get on base and you go and pull that crap come on don't hit into double plays that's awful that's the second and that's why big pelf is so valuable because he's so good at inducing (laughs) double plays (laughs) and we're gonna come off the rails for just a second here while jordan and i fight this out all right and then the absolute worst you call it jordan that's a tough one um i guess strikeout i I don't know Yes. All right. And I know people are going to disagree with me and say the double play is worse because that's two outs and the strikeout is just one out. But even with a double play, if there's nobody out, you still have a chance to move the runner. You still have a chance to score a run, possibly. A strikeout is absolutely freaking useless. You didn't move anybody along the base paths. You didn't accomplish anything other than to strike out. It's an out. You couldn't even make contact with the ball or you took a perfectly good pitch for a strike. What is wrong with you? Don't do that. Strikeouts are the absolute worst. Wait, this is where Eric pounds. Don't strike out. That's garbage. Strikeouts are garbage. And that's the power ranking. Nailed it. Hello, this is Eric's mom, and you're listening to the Podcastianos. Okay, let's let's move ahead to next week. Are you guys ready? Ready. All right. Yes. Um, so the first three games of the week, uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, we are in Boston at Fenway. Um, game one, Verlander against Drew Pomeranz, he of the Anderson Espinosa trade. Tuesday, Big Pelf goes against knuckleballer Stephen Wright, which is sure to get your pulse racing. Um, and then Wednesday, it's a day game, 135, uh, Michael Fulmer against Eduardo Rodriguez, which actually will be kind of a, a scintillating game to two young hurlers. Then Friday, we return home, um, Matt Boyd against Colin McHugh. Uh, Saturday is where I've slotted in Daniel Norris um, to face against, off against Mike Fires, and then on Sunday day game Verlander against Dallas Keuchel. Um, best matchup for each of you? That's got to be JV versus Keuchel. I think for me, that, that ace off. I know you you know say Keuchel's had his problems this year, but I feel like even if he is, it's kind of like when Miggy struggles. It, the guy's he's legit. He could break out at any moment. So. Yeah, that's that. That's the ace off. That's my. That's he my. He still pick. is the AL Cy Young award winner. At the Until moment. somebody else knocks him off the throne, he is the reigning Cy Young king. Until Fulmer takes his crown. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go Verlander Pomeranz. I'm okay. interested to see how Pomeranz does. He kind of got lit up a little bit in his first start, but the Giants have a pretty good offense, uh, so that could be part of it. Um, I know that the. Uh, that Pomeranes relies a lot on his curveball, and it seems like the Tigers just can't hit curveballs for sure. whatever reason this year. Not staying patient. I don't know what it is. Uh, so I think that might be a you know fairly low-scoring game as long as Verlander can can keep that Red Sox lineup in check. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I, I said it sarcastically, but I am actually really interested to watch Big Pelf against Stephen Wright. 
Um, obviously, I have the affinity for for Big Pelf, but for whatever reason, knuckleballers have always kind of uh, fascinated me. So, if if for no other reason, I'm I'm very curious to to always watch a knuckleballer throw. Did you ever watch the documentary Knuckleball? I have not. I did not oh, know that Jordan. was a thing. Oh, it's it's a thing, and I think it's even on Netflix. If you I have, have, I have the Netflix. What uh, I'm. Is it just the history? I mean, what, what are we talking about? It's a documentary where they uh, they kind of trace the career of well, the the ending career of Tim Wakefield and okay. the sort of burgeoning career of R. A. Dickey at the same time, and they and they talk to uh, who are the other guys? Charlie Huff and uh, the Necro, um, not Phil. Was it Joe? I can't remember which one was the knuckleballer and which one was the Vaseline guy, but they they, they talk to all these guys who throw the knuckleball. They kind of follow R. A. Dickey and his. Um, career and and uh wakefield retiring and it's it's a very it's a fascinating documentary you'd, you'd love it did did danny worth get a mention i don't recall it's been like two danny, years since i've seen it <laughs> danny worth got designated for assignment today oh did he oh poor, what? Yeah. poor danny so, hey you know what? we could replace mike avilas and mark Lowe with him there we go <laughs> <laughs> two for one two for one <laughs> free up some space uh, that yeah, that's that's dynamite, and I don't want to go down the Avilas train too much, but I I don't I it blows my mind that he's out there and Romine isn't. You know, Romine's no Donnie Kelly in my mind, but I kind of have developed a little bit of a soft spot for for Romine. Um, I'm with you. I'm with you. He looks like everybody's youth pastor. He's he, just yeah. kind of he homered today. Yeah, yes, he did. I thoroughly enjoyed that. I said, "Good job, Andrew." Um, any any specific hitters that you're excited to watch play this week? Like for our team or no, the other for, team? on the other teams. Oh, Carlos Correa for sure. Yeah. He's just a beast. Mm-hmm. I, I know Altu- have to... Altuve's having a monster year too, but two Correa's more, yeah. two more bombs today. Yeah, it's crazy. Probably David Ortiz for me. I, I haven't really uh, gotten a chance to watch him like live in game action yet, and I know they, it's all over the place. He's having a monster year and his retirement year and all that good stuff. And I know what he did to us, but I still kind of respect the guy. So I, I am kind of looking forward to seeing what he looks like this year. It's probably the last time we'll face him, right? I don't. I don't imagine that they'll be on our schedule again this year. Oh, no, no, they, they got are. they got another one oh. later in August. Lovely. There's like a four game series at Comerica in August or something like that. That's just what just what we need. Yeah. Um, Alex Alex Bregman from the the Astros was called up today. I'm super pumped to see him play. Um, he's been tearing all sorts of levels apart um, this year. So I, I don't know if it, I don't know how much he'll get into the into the Astros lineup, but um, he's I saw him play um, against the Yankees in spring training. And even on the big league field, um, the the Astros didn't bring anybody, and it was like a a reserve Yankees team. But he was he was like the best player on the field, even you know as a I think he was a, a double A player at the time. Well, what about the Cuban guy that they signed? Is he going to be up by the time they play this series or no? I don't know. It sounded like they wanted to get him a couple weeks, but it's been about a week at this point, so he he very well may may be up. I don't know where both of them would play, so I I can't imagine them keeping both so maybe they'll give Bregman a week or two and then and then see what the the Cuban I think his name is Guriel something like that yeah yeah hmm. um and obviously I'm I'm pumped to see Mookie Mookie play <laughs> Mookie's awesome um yeah let's see okay so record prediction um from each of you there's six games uh how do you think that it will shake out this week for the boys I'm gonna have to say they'll probably go three and three I think they only get one in Boston, but they win two at home against Houston. All right. I am going to be a little more on the pessimistic side and say it's a two 
yeah, two and four. They might get one out of that Boston series. Something's going to go oddly wrong, though, either with the Fulmer start or the JV start. Pelf is going to lose. We all know that. No. Uh, <laughs> shots fired. Watch Pelf be the one to win. Pelf will right, be the exactly. one to win. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And then they'll, they'll probably get taken out two of those games against the Astros. Um, I'm going to go four and two. I still believe. I'm a, I'm a glutton for punishment. I, I still believe. Um, are either of you guys soccer guys? No, not really. I mean, I watch the World Cup. Gotcha. Um, I'm going to be in, in Chicago this, this Wednesday. Um, Bayern Munich plays AC Milan. So anyone out there, if you see me on the streets, um, say what's up. It's a it's a really big German team against AC Milan, who's one of like the most famous clubs in the world. They're Italian. Um, it's at Soldier Field. I'm I'm very excited. So not only do you like soccer, but you actually travel to see it. Oh yeah, I'm I'm I might say wow. that I'm more into soccer than baseball. I just I, wow. I'm not as as uh, knowledgeable about it as I am baseball. I didn't okay. grow up. We'll, we'll have to uh, go offline and talk about this because I'm very curious to know what what the appeal is. I've known guys worked with guys that really liked it, but I've just never really. I wouldn't even know how to begin following the sport is what I'm saying. Oh, I, I, I mean, could, I could help you out for sure. Who who even says that he's going to Chicago for this game particularly? He could just be going to Chicago and the game happens to be there at the same time. <laughs> well, he kind of did. He was all I'm, excited. Like, I'm going to Chicago to see this soccer game. Yes. Well, I'm probably going to London later this year, and I'm going to try to catch a soccer game while I'm there. Oh, dude, send, send me pictures. Oh, oh. That, that would I, be sweet. I mean, why not go to a you know a European soccer game and see how crazy these guys get? Well, if I'm going to London, yeah, probably I'm going to a soccer game for that reason. But if I'm going to Chicago, I'm going to Wrigley Field. I'm going to a museum. I'm going to go eat Giordano's pizza. I'm probably not going to go to soccer. Definitely, definitely hitting the pizza. That you don't have to take one or the other. No, definitely no. doing <laughs> soccer and pizza. They are not mutually exclusive. No, when I go to Chicago and eat Giordano's pizza, that is an event by itself. That's, <laughs> you go there you and then you clear. drive home. Get back on yes. 94 and just. Come on back. Uh, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can at podcastianos.com. On Twitter, I am at Jordan Hall 23 You guys are at? Sorry, I was drinking. <laughs> I am I am at hookslide23 and also at westofwoodward.com. I'm at bybrob and blessyouboys.com and beyondtheboxscore.com. All right, great. Um, if you want to follow Eric on Twitter, he is at Comerica Eric, and the show is at Podcastianos. Once again, we'd love it if you would subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes or SoundCloud or any other um, platform that you listen to us on. Um, guys, thank you so much for coming on the show this week. It's been it's been a lot of fun. Um, we will definitely have to have you back at some point. We should do um, some sort of like when once Eric's back, all four of us together in the same you know virtual room that could be that could be fun too yeah we still haven't landed it yet i was you know i I know i got you and eric to come on the voice of the turtle way back before the season started that was because rob was gone and i didn't want a solo host (laughs) so you guys did me a solid i was kind of thinking at that time man it'd be really fun to just get all four of us you know together and and do that so we should definitely plan something maybe if the if the tigers make it to the postseason we'll do like a celebratory podcast or something yeah that'd be that'd be that'd be sweet that'd be fun all right um Anything else to say to the people before we get out for the weekend? Or weekend, the week? It's not the weekend, man. It is nowhere near the weekend. It's the reverse weekend. So good luck, people, and uh, watch out for the curveball. All right. With that being said, we will catch you guys next week. And eat them up, Tigers. Eat them up. And this is where Eric would say goodbye. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.